0: What's going on, Podcast Nation? This is your co-host, Joshua Davidson, bringing you episode 39 of the podcast. And my goodness, Podcast Nation, we're 39 episodes into this. I I truly just can't believe that because just a year ago today, we're, we're in our infancy. Now we've had countless amazing guests, and this week is no exception as we're joined by Mr. Simon Payne, straight from Prague, the serial entrepreneur himself, who has founded both Lead Pages and Convert Player, such an incredible entrepreneur. Where we dive deep in this episode about how, first, with Lead Pages, how he hired over 150 employees in less than four years, and as well secured over 38 million dollars. You heard me right, million dollars in VC capital. We talk about how. Basically, how can we scale at such a dramatic pace that Lee Pages did? And the idea behind if you want to scale, you need to double everything monthly, including and most importantly of all, your own output and how Simon accomplishes that. We talk about how going to hire, you need to handle every role in your company first, yourself, before you go and hire. This way you can understand the needs and the wants and the questions you need to ask to attract the very best talent and so much more. Simon, in this rather shorter episode of the podcast, brings so much information, so much tidbits, so much enthusiasm, you're going to walk away as an expert. There's no doubt about it. So, without further ado, episode 39 of the podcast with Mr. Simon Payne, straight from Prague. Here we go. Uh...
1: podcast podcast
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast podcast yeah. eddie know what you can take the intro for this one
1: <laughs> what's up podcast nation <laughs> We're, a little more uh, enthusiasm are,
0: than that, man. I'm trying Come to. I'm, I'm
1: in a conference room with other people working. I don't want to. So scream. that's that's good enough. What's up, Podcast Nation? This is Episode Thirty Nine with Simon Payne. Simon is in Prague, and we are super excited to talk to him. Simon, I don't know if I, if you know this, but I was in Prague in June, and I fell in love with that city.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, have yeah. Have I seen? Have I seen what?
2: I wish we met when you were here. Next time.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was in Prague too. For most of them I was there for a month
2: crazy
0: how long ago that is that I oh know I God. know
1: it feels like it was yesterday But at the same time it feels like it was a lifetime ago, which is really weird
0: what, When does your remote year actually end?
1: Uh, So our last month is June. I mean no, I guess our last month is May.
0: He's that's coming up, man
1: I know it's three months left or well technically three months left. I'm, I'm like actually scared about it because I don't know I don't you know got to come I'm back gonna...
0: to this place. What's...
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I actually might go back to Prague pretty soon. So, Simon, if you're around, man, we should definitely meet up.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I would love to.
0: So, Simon, let's hear your, your life story, man. Let's go from the beginning. So, are you originally from Prague? Like, walk us through a little bit about your childhood.
2: Yes, I'm actually from Prague, which somehow surprises so many people around me because I found out most people are not living in a city where they were born. But I've been told I'm lucky because I was born in a really beautiful city. So Gotcha. So what what,
0: as you're growing up, like what were you into? Were you involved in tech early on? Were you involved in like technology companies? You know, what what kind of guided you to eventually becoming this entrepreneur that's now founded not one but two companies?
2: Yeah, if you want to go really back, I was really into computer games. That's probably what got me into computers. And somehow I get just bored with just playing the games. I was kind of like playing with computers and operation systems and websites. And I started working as a web designer when I was, I think, fourteen. Already making money as a teenager, which was a big deal for me because uh, nobody else was doing that at the time.
0: What were you playing on? Just let's go. Let's go back in the past here.
2: I think it was like Medal of Honor and Call of Duty in those games. Cool. Very
0: cool. Very cool. I um, I definitely played a lot of um was it was it call of duty i'm trying to remember offhand counter strike when i was back in high school yeah i used to do a computer. lot of counter strike back in the day <laughs> it's a long time ago man i can't believe how long it's been so all right
1: so before even that you mentioned you were making money on like on computers as a teenager what was the first thing that you were doing that made you some money what was the first time you made some money and you were like whoa i can i can do this i can make money doing this
2: i was doing Web design. I designed some websites, and I was doing uh, flash animated oh, advertisement man. for some cosmetics companies.
1: Wow. So was it just like local businesses that you were walking? Because Josh and I started yeah. the same way. We would just go door to door and sell, like, web services. and so yeah, it's kind of exactly. Thing. Cool.
2: I, I built my own website. I put it somewhere on the internet. There were no search engines, nothing. It was just like catalogs. And somebody found it, and he's like, hey, I like your website. Can you build a website for me? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it.
1: How did they find it? Did you ever find out?
2: I I don't know. I mean, like at the beginning here in Prague in Czech Republic, people start using those like online catalogs. So I was just like listed as one of the, you know, designers somewhere and there were not many. So it was not so hard to get noticed.
1: That's so cool. You were way ahead of the curve.
2: What kind of led you up
0: to that next step in your journey when you are like, you know, I'm ready with my buddy Clay Collins. We're going to start lead pages. Like, was this a problem (laughs) you guys are originally facing? Did you guys know each other before? Kind of give us the full story from start to finish.
2: So at the beginning I was uh, for a while doing design and web, web design for websites. And I was thinking I'm going to be like the best designer on the internet. It was just like beginning of the internet anyway. So I was it's thinking, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big opportunity for me. And then I realized I really suck as a designer. And like, I was turned down by some clients. And I was like, shit, I'm not going to be actually the best designer on the internet. And there's so many other guys like younger than me already and like killing it. So I was thinking maybe it's time to try something else. And I think it was 17 when I switched to development and I had almost no experience. And I just got hired to build like a website for 600 people for organizing conferences and I was just thinking like, that's a great way how to learn development, but actually get paid doing that. Yeah.
1: What's funny is I think that. We, so we did the same thing. We kind of like faked it in the beginning. We just, yeah, we do those things. And then we just learned as we, we went, but I think because the internet was so young, that like everybody was doing that. And I think it was more common yeah. than we even realized.
2: So I just took the code from the previous, like guy that did the website before me. And I just learned from the code reverse engineered it and learned PHP like on the go while being paid. So it was surprisingly easy.
1: It's very efficient.
2: <laughs> so I got into development and I worked for a few years as a developer. And uh, eventually like got some really good feedback because I had some background in design and like not many developers could actually design their own icons. I had some kind of aesthetic feeling for how the software should, you know, look like, so I very quickly got like, you know, really good, you know, actually I was employed at the time. So it was a really good job and already getting some experiences and I was not going much to school. I somehow like skipping school as much as possible because I had a really fun job. I was studying economics and i.t i was thinking like something around the time and i didn't even knew why i went to this university because the only reason i went there was because they had up uh, the only university that had application online so i could sign up online i didn't have to go and fill the paper application it was the only reason i actually went there to study and i completely screwed up because you had to sign up for some subjects and the they had like three rounds of signing up for classes I didn't know that I just came to the school first day. I was like, Hey, what's, what's my schedule? And they're like, Hey, some of you missed everything, <laughs> So I almost could not study. So I just picked the subjects from the third year because he can do that. And I went through those like the hardest, like it, like subject. And after, you know, a few years, I just like quit because I just learned what I needed actually. And I skipped all the boring classes. Wow. It was really weird. I just like picked the stuff I actually found useful while, because I didn't have much time to study. I was just like working the whole time. So. It was really interesting and looking back, it was a very really smart decision. I don't think I knew actually what I was going to, to do and I didn't know if it makes sense at the time, but looking back, it was really smart because I was focusing on what actually works, what's useful so and getting experience.
1: Did you, did you end up graduating then?
2: No, I was studying oh. for seven years, but what? like I never finished any, any school and I was like three schools. I was just coming to classes and listening to the most interesting IT like talks, but uh, never really finished. That's that like That's how,
1: that's how sh- school should work. You should be able to go to the classes you're interested in and just attend them until you think you've gotten enough and then you do your own thing.
2: I believe I so. It's like out? a buffer. At school, I just picked the best subjects and I actually felt like I most of those subjects because I was actually using them in a real projects immediately.
0: This is interesting. So, talk to us about then leading up to starting a company. Did you know your, your partner at the time, or did you guys just stumble upon each other? Walk us through the origins of your first company.
2: Uh, no, it was still quite some time after school. I was working for some corporations, and I didn't know what to do actually with my life. I read for our work week, and I traveled to Asia, and I quickly traveled back realizing, actually, that's not how you do a company. You have to put some hard work. You can't do it on a beach. So, luckily, but. While traveling the world, I met some guys online and I joined some internet forums for entrepreneurs and it was just like expanding the network that got me to meeting Clay and it was somebody else recommended us and, you know, we got together. So this is actually an interesting area.
0: So a lot of the people who listen to our show are trying to find a co-founder. Did you guys just accidentally like just basically stumble upon each other and say, we're going to start a company or did you have in your mind already, I want to start a company and so did he? Like what made it the
2: right thing? Yeah, that's a good question because some people can see it as a big accident and just like, you know, you were lucky. But I had in my mind maybe for like two or three years this persona of a marketer that can sell like the next Facebook I can build. Because I knew my skills were already valuable at the time. I was already like experienced. I had my 10,000 hours, maybe even more of web building and, and cloud computing design and everything. So I felt like I should be able to build something really big, but I can't sell it. I really suck at marketing and selling it. So for like two years at the time, I was turning down offers from bank and corporations and companies to hire me because I was thinking, I need to create a space in my life for the co-founder, for somebody who will be able to build something big with me. And if I said yes to any of that, I wouldn't have the space for it. So when I actually met him, I had this like, image of him in my head. I knew exactly that this is the right guy. This is what I was waiting for. And this is a concept that maybe not very clear and not very easy, but it worked really well for me.
1: How did you guys actually meet? Like, what was the, the first? Did you like, was it cold outreach or just organic like networking event?
2: Uh, I think it was like a network effect. And on the other, other side, it was kind of desperation. I was trying to run my own startup, building my own small company like some shift planning application for Starbucks and I just couldn't couldn't make them to pay me and I didn't have enough money and I was like desperate enough that I just realized I had to take a side project and I was thinking if I take a side project I have to take something then I will run something. So I literally sent one email and it was just Clay and Tracy and that's how we met.
1: Wait, but back up for a second. You were building a shift management platform for Starbucks. Was that, like, something you were hoping that they would be interested in or you had planned with them?
2: Uh, I kind of, like, did it, uh, like, a rebel way. I just, like, walked into Starbucks where my sister worked and, like, talked with the manager and convinced her to start using it in one store. And after a while, the county manager, like, asked me, hey, you're, like, running this software in your, like, stores and people love it. And I only need good feedback. Like, what does it mean? How does it work? It's completely unofficial and, 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 like, probably illegal and I made a deal with him and we made like a test in all the stores so at some point like all the Starbucks stores are using this software for planning shifts and all the managers are using it
1: but yeah. they didn't pay you.
2: no they didn't pay me and I realized I can't close the deal I wasn't a businessman. I wasn't a marketer I just didn't know what I was doing much but the software was great and it worked <laughs> really well
1: are they still using it or have they developed it further
2: no they use it for like a year and a half and they didn't pay me nothing like the whole time. And eventually, I think in the end, they paid me some kind of like, uh, you know, like could money because they use something else and new software. But I was already working with, you know, uh, my next company by then. So I wasn't really into that anymore. That's,
1: that's crazy. Okay, so you meet your co-founder just like through one email, basically. And what, was, yeah, what, was the, exactly. what did that email entail? Like, what did you say?
2: It was actually, they had a job posting for PHP WordPress plugin developer, which doesn't sound like impressive and exciting at all, and I think most people would probably overlook that. But I kind of like saw through like it was really well written, and it seems like these guys are like big deal and they can actually sell stuff. And I think the email was like they listed 15 things that I should have as a developer working for them, and I sent them email, hey, I guess probably more than 30 of those things that you listed 15. Do you want to talk? And I think it was a little bit arrogant, but somehow they listened and they get on a call with me and hired me on a first call.
1: Did you have like a that awkward first conversation when it finally came down to business like what the division of ownership is and like how did that, that go?
2: I it wasn't a conversation about being a founder. It was all about being a like low level PHP plugin developer. Oh, like oh it's so it big, started like,
1: out like way less than, okay, cool. So then yeah. what how did that evolve?
2: My my goal is to work with them. I wasn't even planning to be a co-founder. I was just planning on learning how to sell stuff, how to sell software together with these guys. Because they obviously could already sell and they were like crushing it with the info marketing. So I just worked really hard with them for several months and suddenly they, they got on a call with me and told me, Hey Simon, you're working so hard and you're telling us what to do the whole time. You're basically behaving like a co founder already. So let's make you co founder.
1: That's really, really kind of them. That worked out great for you, though. I'm sure the relationship definitely warranted that. But, like, I feel like most people wouldn't be so quick to make that call, you know, like, hey, let's make this guy a co-founder. I don't know. I don't know what the internal working relationship was like, but that's really awesome that they did that for you.
2: Yeah, obviously, they wouldn't do it if I didn't deliver, like, extraordinary results. So I was working actually really hard. So
0: you take, you, you're now one of the founders. You're growing it. This company grew to over 150 employees in four years, and you guys also secured $38 billion in venture capital. So walk us through, like, what was the secret recipe that allowed you guys to scale so quickly and why was it scaling so quickly? I think that's something that a lot of people don't ask is what separated you from maybe a competitor that had a similar idea that didn't really
2: move beyond a product and that's it. So you have to be really flexible and be Kind of willing to change so the whole growth i would divide maybe into five stages which each of those stages was like a working for a different company the stuff that worked for us when we were three of us was different and it was 10 of us 50 of us and 100 of us so each stage was completely different company it was like a small you know like a three like excited people and then it was like a small workshop and then it was a small agency and then suddenly it was like a middle-sized business and it was a corporation at the end And each required completely different approaches and new uh, solutions. So we were like all the three of us very flexible in changing in the stuff that we are doing. And in terms of scaling, that's something that most people don't understand is that scaling doesn't like happen to you. You have to make it happen. So every month we doubled our efforts. So if we sell like enough, like 10,000, I don't know, let's say 10,000 like units one month, next month we have to make double of that or, you know, I think it was like 25% more every month. So that means not just putting more content, doing more webinars, doing more calls with customers, shipping more features, like everything has to increase every month proportionally to the sales. So in the beginning, the, the growth and scaling was not really that it would just happen to us because we had a cool product. We just, you know, systematically increased our effort. So explain
0: on the surface what it is you guys were doing and, and as like both what your business is and how then you're scaling it, and then B, all the different things you're doing outreach
2: to scale beyond that. So the three of us, the three founders, me, Clay, and Tracy, we divided the areas that we would each dominate. I was just 100% responsible for the tech side. Clay was doing marketing, and Tracy, everything else, from finance, marketing, to law issues, and HR. And it kind of freed us, me and Clay, to focus on just the two areas, like the marketing and the tech. And we always kind of, have this clash between the marketing and technology: what is possible and what we need, and what is not possible. And it's kind of like nailed down and drill down to the features that actually can be shipped, you know, fast and are good for customers. So, and what was the actual product at this time doing? Like, what were you guys that offering, was, and how you were billing? That was uh, that was the lead pages, uh, the, the main product, and we okay. So, explain. at the beginning.
1: Yeah, explain exactly what Leadpages is, because I don't think everyone... Oh, does, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. Lead Pages is a landing page builder, and uh, it helps you create a single, like, one-page website for your product, for your offer, or for your, like, registration for webinar, It helps you kind of to streamline the marketing efforts into just one point.
1: Right. So, curious, because you guys are based out of Czech Republic, I'm, I'm sure, right? Um,
2: no, no, no. It was based in the US.
1: Oh it is based in the US. Okay, so you're you're the only one based at out of the Yes. Okay. Okay. So your direct competitor at the time, I'm assuming, was like LaunchRock, right? Uh
2: not not really. It was more like Unbounds and uh, I don't even remember the other competitors.
1: Okay, and what so what happened to them and what do you think you guys excelled in that allows you to keep going and kind of push your boundaries? So uh,
2: there were several competitors that can that allowed you to build landing pages, but they were not uh, very smart in a way that they gave customers like a blank canvas to make your own landing page, to make your site. And people didn't know how to make good marketing pages. So we made uh, customers a product where they had already pre-made marketing templates, which they can customize. And it was also marketing knowledge embedded in the software. And it was very hard to actually kind of screw up and change stuff in a way that would not convert. So we're giving people tools that already converted really well for us and they could just customize them and use them in their business. And that worked really well for us.
1: Really cool. So I didn't realize that you guys were split up. What was the first time you actually met in person?
2: Maybe it was like a year later. We didn't even have like a video call until we met in person. (laughs) We were just so busy. You couldn't even turn on the camera.
1: We were just some kind of entity on the internet. They didn't really know you. Yeah,
2: it was just like a voice (laughs) on the internet. So Simon. I want to
0: go to the science behind a landing page for a minute. A lot of startups listening to this, a lot of the companies honestly listening to this are always trying to maximize conversion engagement and really trying to maximize to build hype, you know, whatever that goal might be. What's the secret? What are the few things you should be doing that's going to make a real significant difference if you're
2: going to put a landing page up or anything of the sort? Well, you can either, you know, use something that already works from somebody just copy them. That's like you know, very easy for somebody who had no experience. But after that, you know, as you grow and you get more customers, you need to make some of your own decisions. And the best way to find out what works what doesn't work is split testing. Clay was building landing pages manually before we made this company for years, and he split test every single detail from like shape color and, and button color and uh, text and everything. So he actually knew what works really well. So if you're doing it in your business, you should really test everything from colors to text to different elements on the page. And then we just simply embed it in the software. So if you have some actually real like skills and experience in some domain, putting that into a product is a really good idea that can serve many people well. So give us an
0: example. Give us like what is something you see often at your scratch your head, like why are you, do people do this? And what's something that maybe most people aren't thinking about that they should be doing
2: and implementing and trying? For example there's a simple uh like download button like if you make like interesting ebook and you put it on your on your on your landing page then uh you can say like dino, download like or like uh market research report or something but if you change the wording to download my report people actually would see the direction towards them and they would feel like oh it's actually mine i just need to download it this like psychological small change in the text would make you have more conversions and uh, more customers and we learned that not only like from oral marketing but when people are using our software you can aggregate the data of all our customers and found out what works for the best customers and kind of tell everybody else hey this is how we should be doing it so it's constant learning and testing interesting man interesting so you're growing this company
0: and you're hiring like crazy walk us through when you first decided we're going to need to hire
2: and then what were you
0: hiring? So we have context when you're growing.
2: We were hiring the whole time, you know, from the very beginning, uh, mostly support and engineers, but it was not as fast as you would think. I think first year we had maybe three or four developers and, uh, mostly hiring in other areas because we really hired by the, the idea that if we hire somebody, they have to bring enough money to pay for themselves The same month. We almost didn't have the money for the developer we hired, but the features he created were enough, you know, brought enough customers that they paid for his salary. So that was kind of like weird attitude, but it put a lot of stress on us and actually made us grow really fast and effective. So
0: how do you guys delegating? Like how are you managing having all these new people being brought on?
2: I think it's really important to hire really extraordinary people at the beginning when I was hiring developers, I was thinking this guy one day will be like uh, the team leader of like the whole development team or like whole section, like he better be good. So we were very careful about the first hires because those guys usually stick with you for a long time. You can see all these people now saying I was like number four at Facebook or mint or other companies. So those first hires are really important and those people will really grow with your company.
1: What were some of the things that you guys did to develop your company's culture? Like, what were things that happened naturally and then, like, conscious efforts that you made?
2: Our secret was Tracy. She had, you know, some experience with uh, HR and managing people and going to culture. And uh, we were really careful about uh, and protective about our culture, and especially at the beginning where we are all remote. Now, is in the office in Minneapolis. But at the, beginning we were all like remote oh, so all around the world
1: We did the opposite so you went from remote to a studio or an office yeah. versus like work now people are starting to break away from the offices and, and be yeah remote. okay interesting is there did you find that to be beneficial or change change things for you a lot
2: I think yeah it changed things a lot but I think it's simply a question of numbers I think if you're more than 20 or 40 people it's it's very challenging to be actually remote uh, to delegate and manage that crowd so if you want to grow fast you probably have to have them you know in one place
1: yeah so it's interesting that you say that because the company i'm traveling with is actually doing a lot of outreach now to like major corporations and enterprises to get them to start like converting some of their employees to remote workers um, mm-hmm. so they, they obviously believe the opposite uh, as far as management goes but i think it's true i think if you have a company that's a little bit larger, it's hard to keep people on the same page. Uh, but it is getting easier now with like Slack and, and other forms of communication internally.
2: I don't think there's a one answer to this. It really depends on your company and what you're trying to achieve. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, what did you guys use early on for communication? I mean, when, before Slack.
2: I think we used in the beginning just Skype, and uh, it got crowded really fast. And uh after that I think we went to Hipchat and then Slack.
1: We did the exact same thing. There's so many parallels between you guys <laughs> and Joblog, It's so weird.
2: So, when did did you guys
0: start off bootstrapping? I know you ended up raising millions of dollars, but like how were you guys
2: originally starting to fund everything? We uh we were completely bootstrapped and self-funded and we always pre-sold uh each of our software before even launching it. So we actually were profitable before we even had customers. So that was the secret. <laughs> so, how did you
0: go about raising money? When did you guys decide we need to raise money and we need to raise X amount? Like, walk us through where the determination and what that process looked like.
2: I think we didn't put as much effort into it as other companies, and it wasn't our primary goal. Our primary goal was growing the company and satisfying our customers. But as we grew and the growth was faster and faster, suddenly you realize that uh, it's just a different game, and you know we have many custom, many employees, and we were like also spending a lot of money on on uh, bringing new customers. And suddenly you can have like just one bad month, and you can uh, can be disaster for the company. So even though we were very profitable and the company is even today still profitable, we thought about the investment as a backup. If we have some, you know, one or two bad months, it can really like save us. Luckily, that never happened. But uh that was the main motivation in the beginning.
0: What were you pitching? Who were you talking to? Were you using people in your network? Like what's some advice would you give to people who are trying to raise money too that you guys did that worked? And what did you notice didn't work that you would never advise anyone else to do?
2: I think in the end, we actually were pitched by the investor because we stopped looking for investor and we were basically focusing on our sales. And if your sales are going up, you know, from month to month, somebody actually might notice that and they might want to invest in you. So the best way to get investors is to have a really profitable company.
0: So what are you doing to invest? I mean, to get investors, where you doing pitch decks? How are you reaching out? Give us like some of the actual practicality you guys are trying to do. Uh,
2: I think we use this service uh, what is it? Uh, clarity, when you can schedule calls with some you know, interesting people which, are, which have experience, and you can book that time and ask for advice. So I think we used that, and we asked some investor for advice, and we also showed him the numbers. And like when he asked for the second time a few months later, he was surprised how much we grew. And that was, on its own, like, you know, good motivation for them to invest in us.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So- You raise this money. What happens after you raise the money? What's the first thing you guys are doing? And what's your focus on? And how does this change your dynamics of your company now that you have investors and you have to report to them?
2: We didn't change uh, dramatically in in terms of what we were doing before. We just kept doing what already worked for us. We just had to improve some systems and procedures and, uh, you know, focus more on uh, some of the, like, good old, like, business concepts of, like, you know, having... Uh, Some positions in a company, like, you know, better accounting and and, and HR and and more reporting and focusing on more numbers. Stuff that, you know, we were ignoring in the beginning, but uh, on the next stage of the company, were important, you know, to have. But overall, Um, it wasn't a big change.
1: On the flip side, though, like, what were some of the roles that you thought were going to be really important that you kind of just, like, I don't know, dissolved?
2: I don't know. Yeah.
1: No? No rules. Oh, that's good. I mean, that means you guys were just really efficient and did what you had to do early on.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've, we just focus on the product. That's the most important thing you should always be doing.
1: Right, right. How many uh, iterations of the product did you guys go through before you were like, this is, this is exactly what we were picturing when we started this?
2: You mean like at the beginning when we were building it?
1: Yeah, or if like you, you, I mean, obviously the product keeps evolving, keeps growing, and maybe you didn't even realize it was going to get to where it was going to be, but like, at what point in its existence were you like, this is, this is what we intended to do, and this is, we're like super proud of this, or was it always like that?
2: Uh, yeah, we actually didn't have a time where we would make like a drastic pivot or change. Clay had the idea of what we want to do right from the beginning, and this is kind of surprising to hear, but we launched the product to customers just after two months of development. Because first month of the development, you already pre-sold it. As so like a to close... Deliver.
1: Oh, it was like, it wasn't even a closed beta. It was just like, you just sold it. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Very impressive.
0: So what happened? So what... It sounds like lead pages are having a ton of success. You're enjoying yourself. So what made you decide, I'm going to leave and now I'll do my own thing?
2: Mostly that, you know, four years is a long time. And as I mentioned before, it felt like working for five different companies in different stages. It was awesome. It was... Each required a different experience, but also made me realize what is my you know, best skill and how can I contribute the most to the company and its growth. And I realized I'm really good at starting from the scratch and taking things off the ground. and some people are like much better at taking the company that's already like running with 160 people and taking it to the next level. So I kind of like realized I need a new challenge and also going back to my Starbucks project, I wanted to actually make a new company or software that I can sell and market on my own and I put the stuff I learned to the test and see how I can do it on my own so that's why that's why I left and I started my next company next project convert player
0: got it so you go do convert player did you start this? just is this now just you individually did you go and just hire right away walk us through what the initial process was like rebuilding now a second company and starting from the ground up
2: yeah. Uh it might be surprising but uh, I built this myself from scratch on my own. And for you know, first couple of months it was actually just one man uh job. I was doing everything, from the development to copywriting, design, marketing, uh making videos, basically everything that was necessary. It just really required me to prioritize stuff well and do all the stuff that was really necessary. And I really wanted to get to feel for each position in the company, because once I'll be hiring people, I need to feel where it burns and when it actually hurts. So when I hire like support staff, I need to be able to explain to them how to do stuff myself because I had that experience before. Gotcha. Gotcha. So
0: at this point, have, have you hired anyone yet? Are you still a one man show? Where are you at right now with it?
2: Uh in the core and it's still one man show but i get now mostly contractors and external companies agency helping me with the different tasks from design to some technical things and support so that, yeah but i will be you, explaining the team very soon
0: so how are you attracting customers like are you using your existing network are you going about like paid advertisements what are you doing to get the name out there right now
2: one of the things i'm doing is going on a podcast <laughs> that's why i'm here as well it's a really great way to connect customers and people because they get to know you and hear your story. I also realized that uh, I'm still new to marketing on my own and my own marketing is not that effective as uh, other people's marketing. So I'm reaching out to my network and people that are already doing uh, video marketing and have audience and trying to partner with that, with them and uh, market to their clients and customers.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. So what's been your biggest struggle so far that you've had to overcome?
2: Biggest struggle is probably to get to know people uh, about Connect Player and what it does and just getting some traffic. And uh, I somehow thought it would be easier and I still probably get into the same old uh, idea that developers have in their head that you build it and you hope they will come. So I got you know, very early, like realize that it's not going to work like that. I need to reach out to people more and uh, get more connections and promotions.
0: Gotcha. I actually wrote a blog post about that just a couple of days ago. If you build it, they will come being a terrible mentality yeah. to have as an entrepreneur. So it's funny you bring it up. So moving forward, what's your goal? Like five years from today, where do you want to be and where do you see yourself?
2: Well, many people ask me if I want to build a company like lead pages, like a really big startup or tech company. And uh, it actually is not my primary goal. I want to build something much smaller, something where I get uh, more control and get small, really excited team of people that I will have, you know, close connections to. And we'll be building something like a very premium uh, product for specific niches, kind of like a professional, like tailors for software, where you would deliver like really high quality tools for some people. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Awesome,
2: man. Awesome.
0: What can podcast nation do for you? What value that can we bring for you? And or what, what, what is it that you need help with that you think our lit our audience can help you?
2: Well, uh, I hope I can help your audience if any of them are trying to do video marketing and also build their own email list, because now that's what people are trying to do when Kind of convert people from watching videos into your email list. So just getting to let them know about what I'm doing and how I can be useful for them.
0: Very cool, man. And and how can Podcast Nation learn more about both your companies,
2: reach out to you, and keep following along as you can keep growing? Well, they can go to ConvertPlayer.com or follow me on Twitter.
1: Your uh, your Twitter background photo makes me miss Prague so much. <laughs> yeah, man, I love I love the city, um, and I will definitely reach out if when I come back to see uh, if you're around and grab some coffee or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: and I'll and I'll make sure in the show notes that we include the exact links so Podcast Nation you can follow along. So, Simon, we appreciate you being a guest on the show, my friend, and you know, we're looking forward a couple of years to have you back as your company stays small and lean but nice and big. It's, yeah, I think the proper <laughs> definition is you you have a very dense company. yeah that sounds awesome yep awesome simon thank you so much thank you for
2: having me that's awesome
0: Hey, Podcast Nation, before you go, this is just a reminder that this episode was brought to you by your friends at chopdog.com, dog is spelled D-A-W-G. If your company needs an incredible team to help build your app, maintain your app, help take you to the next level, be your outsourced CTO, reach out to us. We provide free quotes, free proposals, and there's no obligation. Seriously, if you just want to pick our brain and see how we might be able to help you, reach on out. I will talk to you personally one-on-one, and I mean that. Just fill out hire.chopdog.com. Again, that's hire, h i r echopdogcom and we'll set up a time to chat one-on-one. We would love to hear more about your startup, more about your company, more about your enterprise, and see how we might be able to help you. Thank you again, Podcast Nation, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back to you again, hopefully next week, if not the following week, with another episode of the podcast. Thanks.